the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Kane. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 955 and AM 750. WSB. We are America. One voice united We want something real. We want something exciting. Nine, nine, nine. I will never apologize for the greatness of the United States of America. Herman Kane. Herman Kane. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Kane. Thank you for joining us. Because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts because we want you to be better informed to help make this a better America. Breaking news. Breaking news. Every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman, our uh, breaking news that just happened literally 30 seconds ago, the Budget Committee in the House of Representatives has just approved a GOP budget resolution, the spending blueprint, spending outline, whatever you want to call it, yep. for the next fiscal year. Uh, last night, they abruptly uh, adjourned their work at around 10 p.m. Eastern when uh, they were trying to twist arms on the committee to, to add extra money for defense, because that's obviously a big battleground inside the GOP. There, You have uh, some fiscal hawks who are saying, no, you know what, if the military wants more money, then we need to find somewhere else to reduce spending right. inside the military. There's a lot of defense people that say, no, 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 you, you can't do that. There's no place to cut inside the Pentagon. We need to add more money. You, of course, have the Democrats, the president, trying to bust through the budget caps, both for the military and for domestic. They did not end up adding any more to this, even though the leadership wanted to, and there are a number of Republicans who wanted to. So I don't know if that means they're going to try some last-minute change next week when they try to get this to the floor. What they're going to do is, instead of raising the budget cap for defense, they're going to try to fund a little more for the Pentagon through what they've been doing through what's called the OCO Fund, which is the Overseas Contingency Operations Fund, which has been used to fund operations in Iraq, Afghanistan, sort of the war, general war on terror. Democrats say it's a gimmick. Well, it's a gimmick both parties have, have embraced in recent years. And so we'll see what happens. Even though this is a step forward, obviously, for Republicans, I don't know that it solves everything because there's a bunch of members inside the party who are arguing that they need to spend a lot more on defense. But in order to spend more on defense, you're going to have to get a bill approved that is signed by the president. And the only way he's going to do that is if he gets a little more for domestic spending. And that's something that a lot of Republicans don't want to give on. Uh, vice versa, there's a lot of Democrats that don't want to give on raising defense. So I, I don't know where this is headed, but they did not, let's put it this way, the House Budget Committee and Republicans did not run aground in as embarrassing a manner as they might have, uh, just uh, with the way it looked last night around 10 o'clock. But the GOP budget did have more for defense than the it, president had in his budget, right? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, well, it it depend it just depends on how you it depends on how you look at the numbers and you deal with the the OCO the Overseas Contingency Operations Fund et cetera. They were trying to raise that up to ninety six billion dollars. I guess you're right from ninety billion. The problem is is that for one year it's got it in there, for the next year the money dries up, and then you have to find savings from uh, entitlement programs in order to funnel more money into defense. And that right. of course. I mean, it's hard enough just to find savings in entitlement programs that anybody can agree on, let alone funnel it into defense. So this may be just a step along the way. Again, I would characterize it more as for the Republicans, at least they didn't run aground and fall off the edge of the earth in committee. They may still do that next week. 
I see. What about the uh, House panel that's going to hear from the immigration chief? Yeah, that's been a somewhat testy hearing this morning, I have to say. The uh, immigration chief, a woman named Sarah Saldana, has been uh, giving as good as she's been taking from Republicans. Uh, they've been trying to get her to admit that the Obama administration is not doing its job in deporting criminal uh, convicted immigrants who are here illegally. She has been pushing back on that, in a sense, blaming the courts and more. Uh, so uh, we haven't, let's put it this way, the ball hasn't been moved very far down the field in that hearing. Both sides have dug in pretty hard and are not giving an inch, and the administration witness is not giving it an inch. But Republicans are making the case that the Obama administration is grabbing these people who are here illegally. They're being convicted in courts of law for things like DWI, child endangerment, you know, even worse, murder and more. And yet thousands and thousands of them are being released from jail instead of being deported when they're in the custody of the uh, the feds or state officials. And they're just being released back into the population. And Republicans making it very clear they do not agree with that policy. It's just amazing how they can just do that because, you know, just let them go. Or they're supposed to show up for court. They don't show up for court. and They don't have the resources to track them down. Exactly. And the estimates are that there's about uh, 100,000 or so that are out there. And the feds say, uh, this, uh, the immigration chief was saying, well, we're trying really hard to get them. And one member of Congress said, yeah, you already had them. You, you, you yeah. wouldn't have to work hard to get them if you didn't release them. So, yeah, they went back and forth and around and around. You know, it's sort of a classic kind of thing with the administration witness completely unwilling. You know, it's one of those things. Is the sky blue? Well, it sure is light. Uh, is the sky blue? Well, it's a nice day outside. It's one of those things where nobody's going to give an inch to admit what the other side is saying. Unbelievable. So the federal judge in Texas is still reviewing this whole executive amnesty thing? Exactly. Uh, down there today, you've got Justice Department lawyers uh, preparing to address claims that the administration really sort of jumped the gun on the implementation of the president's executive actions on immigration. Remember, the administration had, uh, this is the judge that put the injunction in against the start of right. those programs. Right. And then the feds, in a court filing, just sort of said, yeah, um, listen, uh, we need to tell you that we gave 100,000 people who had already received the DACA protection back in 2012, that they were renewed for a couple of years. Well, they were renewed under the new guidelines that were issued by the president. So the state of Texas, which was already challenged that, challenging that, and the judge sort of did a double take like in a cartoon and said, you did what? And so that's why uh, the attorneys from the Justice Department are down there trying to explain what they've been doing. Uh, remember, the case is now... The injunction is still there. The Fifth Circuit has been asked to lift that injunction. Both sides have been sending in briefs to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, but I, don't, I haven't seen a date for any arguments by the Fifth Circuit on when they're going to look at that. So it's been over a month now uh, that uh, the president's plans have been on hold, and it seems like they'll stay there at least for the time being. But are you saying that the Justice Department was the one that said, whoa, Nelly, you may have jumped a gun? No, 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 no. Oh. The, the state of Texas said that. The Justice Department said, oh, by the way, we better tell you that oh, we I already see. gave some Got of these it. people protection. And that's when the state of Texas and the and the judge, you could just tell from reading the judge's uh, ruling on the, yes. uh, setting this hearing on it that he was not pleased to find out about this. Gotcha. What about, uh, well, Koskinen said that, okay, you wouldn't give us any more money, but we're going to be able to continue without furloughing some people because we were able to cut some other things and this sort of thing. In other words, got pushed back from the Congress, but then... You know, they do the normal thing of saying about how bad it's going to hurt and how many people they're going to have to let go. Yeah, that's the IRS chief. He was before yeah. Congress at a budget hearing yesterday and again saying that they need more money and uh, more people to do their job. Uh, he is correct to say uh, to state that the IRS has been losing people as their budget has been cut in recent years. But lawmakers keep saying, 
yeah, but you need to figure out a better way to utilize your people rather right. than just always telling us that uh, customer service is going to go down. One thing that was really interesting in that hearing, I wrote about it on my blog today at jamiedupree.com, was this. I had never known this. And, and even Koskinen, the IRS chief, said he didn't know it until he took the job. Think about it, everybody out there who's been, if you're, if you're working for a company, you get your W-2 delivered to you usually, what, late? January, yes, early right. February, and the IRS opens the door and says, okay, you can come in and you can start filing for your tax returns and get your refunds. Do you know that yesterday the IRS chief said um, the IRS still hasn't gotten those W-2s? I guess employers are not required to send the IRS those W-2s until very late in the tax filing season. So think about that. From late January through now late March, so you're talking six, seven, eight, nine weeks maybe, that the feds don't have any data to match. You know, Herman Cain sends in his 1040EZ, and he says, you know, I made this amount of money, I need this refund, and we just go, okay, and that looks good to us. Whereas any later on, they might actually have some that says, well, wait a second, Herman Cain made a lot more money than that. Uh, this doesn't match up. We're not going to send this refund. And the IRS chief says the only way they can change that W-2 timing is by having Congress pass a law, I guess, to force businesses to send in that data earlier. It seems like that could be done administratively, but they say right. they need a law. But so think about it. With almost $6 billion last year in tax return fraud from people criminally filing early to try to get a hold of people's money before the regular person files and stealing their identity... They're in a situation where the IRS says they're sending out, as so far, 60 million refunds that don't have a double check in terms of the W-2 income information. They're just taking you, the taxpayer, at your word, which is fine on one level. They should take us at our word. On the other, though, they certainly will be getting that income information and could easily verify it, but it comes too late in many cases. I don't understand why... That's a big deal because we have to send in our copy of the W-2, which is generated by the employer. Uh, couldn't they just scan that? And, I mean, it would imply that either people don't send in W-2s or they don't trust the W-2 that you attach to your income. It, it doesn't make any sense, does it? it no, it, it doesn't it, make it any seems sense. Like it, it, it almost seems like in the, in the digital electronic era that we're in right, right. now, Herman, you, you're my boss, you run the company, you know, you contract with whatever uh, company there is to, to print the W-2s, that it should be sent right to me and the federal government at the same time. Doesn't it make sense? I was under the assumption that that's what That's happened. exactly what Koskinen said. Why would they sit said. on them if they've already sent them to the employees? I don't know, but any sense. John Koskinen said when he came in, he always assumed that that's exactly what happened. It doesn't. And so I don't know... If there's a deadline by which, you know, we'll just throw out a date, like by April 1st, you got to send this stuff to the IRS, so everybody waits till April 1st just to sort of say, you know, I don't need to do that until then. I don't know. But it seems like a very easy tweak that you could make in order to then try to cut down on some of the tax refund fraud. Because think about it, if uh, it, it isn't that hard to imagine a situation where somebody could file a fraudulent return and the IRS is unable to, they don't have any backup information to doubt the figures that are coming across. But 
They could. They could seemingly well, very easily get that. And what, what do they always tell us? They always say at these hearings that they cut down on fraud by income reporting. You know, they find that when the data is shared with the tax agency, that it cuts down on fraud because people know that the IRS have that information. The biggest problem where there's fraud is in self-reporting and in cash. Those are the two areas where the IRS loses a lot of money. Okay, well, I can, th- that makes sense, but for most workers who get W-2s or they are independent contractors and they've got to have the documentation, that, you know, they ought to be able to just look at that as their cross-check. And here's another reason why this doesn't make any sense. Who are the ones who file early? Usually the people with the simplest tax returns, not the ones with the most, with, yep. you know, most complicated. Yep. I don't ever get my tax returns in. I, har- I hardly ever get them in by April 15th. No, one would think that the, the people paperwork. filing in late January and February, mainly 1040EZ, yeah. or very straight up kind yeah. of tax returns. Uh, you would assume that they're not wealthy, that they're probably lower and lower middle income, mainly, and middle income. And so it's pretty basic stuff. Right. Uh, most of them maybe don't own a home, you know, don't have to go through all the schedules and deductions and everything. You just put it in there and let her rip. But there's, they're also finding that during that time, a lot of criminals and criminal syndicates are putting in massive numbers of tax returns in a fraudulent way to bilk the government because it's much easier to get it through at that point in time and not be caught. Yeah, that's a different story, but why... Why pass a law to penalize all of the honest folk that are already doing it and this sort of thing? But that's hey, listen, the way things uh, work. You know, uh, from from listening to too many of these IRS hearings in the last couple of years, it just seems very obvious that the the data is there in a whole host of things. I mean, Social Security is another perfect example. We keep having these reports come out about how somebody dies. It doesn't get put on the master death yeah. list, or the death list doesn't get updated, and then money goes out the door. So what can I tell you, Herman? That's Washington, D.C. Yes, Thanks it a is. lot, Jamie. See you, buddy. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Herman Cain on the radio every day. Herman Cain on demand at HermanCain.com. Click on Cain 24-7. Like my dad says, before you try all of the smart anchovy solutions, try the simple anchovy solutions first.